It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, boys and girls, look out. I'm in control of the board. I don't get to do this very often anymore. Mistakes might happen. But we're going to get through it. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. Just us today. Just us two. Taking it until 5.30. Troy's going to bounce it probably at the top of the hour, I'm sure. And um, I'll leave at 5.30 to get over to the Manhattan High School because they host Topeka High tonight. First doubleheader in Centennial League play this season. They'll wrap up this portion of the schedule before the winter break at Cape and Mount Carmel on Saturday. But with you until 5.30, we'll be joining the second hour by Mason Voth from Emaw Online. He's starting to grade out the positions for K-State football this season. We'll get his thoughts on quarterback play, both from Adrian Martinez and Will Howard. Coming up here in hour number one as well, since we're off at 5.30, we'll get you the number one song of the day, my top ten list as well. And here in just a moment, we'll speak about Really the shocking news that we started to learn about as the weekend came to an end, and that's the loss of Mike Leach. But before we get there, I want to make a major announcement. Did not advertise this at all. Had to confirm a few things, but I'm going to go in and just deliver it right now, and it has to do with the Sugar Bowl. This is big. Troy doesn't even know. I haven't really told anybody about this. I think I just did the uh, just just did the investigative reporting though to find what this announcement is. Well, I don't think. How would you find out? Was it the script left on your desk? Oh, dang it! <sighs> <laughs> so the major announcement. If you've been thinking about, you know, you, you, you're thinking maybe the the Sugar Bowl. Just might be a little bit too expensive to make this trip. And I, you know, I've seen the prices out there. I get it. They're insane. Flights are above double what it would normally be to travel from like Kansas City to New Orleans. I think Mason Voth himself is going to be driving because it's crazy expensive. You're right. Um, But here's the deal the major announcement is that I will be once again announcing for the Kansas State University marching band. I know hold the applause, hold the applause not necessary because I've already I've already announced for them at two bowl games. Cats are one and one in those bowl games, but I've also announced at in Lawrence uh where else? Uh, I announced a game in Arlington. I don't, that doesn't count. But uh, I've had the honor of announcing for the band in many locations. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a pleasure. Cats won the last bowl game I got to announce for, and uh, you know what? Might as well keep the tradition going. So in New Orleans, Louisiana, at the Caesars Superdome, yours truly announcing for the K-State Band, not only at halftime, but in pregame. And I'll be along just to handle the pages. You're going to be my page holder? (laughs) Flip. Just trying to get in there somehow. I mean... Well, half of the fun is just finding out where the public address announcer's booth is. 
right. I've done laps around AT&T Stadium just to find where theirs is located. You had to do a pretty good lap in Houston last year, too, if I remember right. Yeah, so both AT&T and NRG Stadium, the press box is one in like one kind of corner-ish. Well, AT&T is definitely in a corner. You're right. Houston is, is kind of corner, kind of just in one side of the stadium, and the public address announcer's booth is all the way at the other end. <laughs> We got it good at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Let's just put it that way. We got it good. I don't know how Arrowhead is set up. I've never done anything there. I've never been there as a media member or as an announcer or anything. Just as a fan. I've not been there since they the moved. opposing team. I've not been there since they moved everything to the top. When it used to be essentially in between the lower level and the club level, sure. it was pretty simple. Uh, the press main press box was on one level, and radio TV was down one level from that. Poor Mitch Holtis. Oh, God. Now he's way up top. That you Talk about ex- definitely needing a spotter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and having the monitor nearby. One of the things that I think of every time that I see that footage, I think of uh, the guys for the Rockies radio network talking about how far up they are in D.C. at Nationals Park, where essentially you're not going to tell what kind of pitch it was. You're that far away from the field in trying to watch the game. All right, let's get to the big news of the day. Um, I guess Bill Snyder was the first to announce. Wow. Uh, even though, you know, anyway, I don't need to get into that, but what the, the big news of the day is, uh, and it's it's very shocking news, just 61 years old, former Texas Tech head coach, former Washington State head coach, and was the current head coach of Mississippi State, Mike Leach has passed away at the age of 61. Uh, Mississippi State yesterday announced, or they, they put out a statement yesterday about, yes, he is in the hospital. A medical issue took place. Didn't really get into details, but his family was there. And the word got out then later on he was on life support. Um, and then, then more word got out that they were just kind of waiting for the family to get there. They were going to take him off life support. And as expected, he was going to then pass away. But then uh, just real quick to kind of paint more of the picture. You know, I think it was the night before Mike Leach was at a Christmas party mm-hmm. where a lot of media was at. And he showed up and kind of and really surprised a lot of people. He was at practice on Saturday. Yeah, that Saturday when that, that 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 Christmas party was Saturday night. And then, then this is all coming out on uh, was it like late Sunday or Monday morning? Mm-hmm. Yep. is when all this news started to come out. So it all happened pretty quickly. Um, I mean, shocking part about it, yes, he, he was young, 61 years old. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still consider 61 to be a pretty young age. Well, he was 38 when he took over as offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Boy, that that just – yeah, that rem, you know, seeing that reminder today blew my mind. Yeah, that one year is OC at Oklahoma before he – I think it was just one year. Correct. And then goes over to Texas Tech to become their new – Head coach to start the, I believe that he took over in 2000, but 21 years as a head coach. But not only was he remembered as a coach, certainly known for his uh, his personality, mm-hmm. uh, the way he spoke to you know in press conferences or interviews with media, uh, many memorable sound bites, and we'll get to a little bit more of that later. But also his innovation, and credit to him for him. He didn't exactly invent it, right? But he took it to the next level to where everybody was stealing it. And we're talking about the air raid offense that not only put 
I mean, it it was huge in putting the Big 12, I think, on the map when it comes to Texas Tech. Absolutely, because even though, you know, before Mike Leach was Texas Tech's head coach, it, it wasn't like Texas Tech was a terrible program. They were consistently, they were, I think, still consistently going to bowl games. They were just seen as distinctly average, and that was below what a former Southwestern Conference team felt that they should be. Uh, Mike Leach took Texas Tech to the next level. Yes. Competing to win the Big 12 South. Took Washington State to the next level. He he definitely made the Cougars better. Correct. Oh, my goodness, yes. And then was turning around... Mississippi State. I mean, the last game he coached in was an upset over Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. and Ole Miss mm-hmm. in the Egg Bowl. And you can maybe argue, I, I wouldn't say, you know, maybe that was one of his best wins. I, I think there's no doubt one of his best wins. When I think Mike Leach, I think of the 08 Texas game. Right. That's the first game that comes to my mind because Texas was number one in the country. Texas Tech, you know, had Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree and had the best offense in the Big 12. And in, in heck, when the ball kicked off, Brent Musburger said, let the scoring begin. <laughs> and I think maybe yeah. some thought, yeah, that was a lower scoring game than many people thought. Which, by the way, I still stand by this. Texas Tech should have never won that game. Texas should have won that game. For those that don't remember, the play right before Michael Crabtree scores that 28-yard touchdown, Texas Tech, or Texas rather, had an interception fall right through their hands. Yes. Everybody forgets that part of the game. We just remember the Michael Crabtree touchdown. But I also remember that 08 season where Texas Tech comes into Manhattan in late or at a, or it was early October. It was like the first or second game of the Big 12 slate, and that was like the that was the game. I remember that 08 team. I was like, "Yep, this defense is not going to be able to do its job today, <laughs> and it's not a good defense because K State was handing out yardage like it was candy on Halloween in that 2008 season." But K State, I mean. Josh Freeman tried to make it as competitive as possible, right? But there was it was a track meet, and if you wanted to beat Texas Tech in a football game, especially in those mid to late two thousands, you were trying to win a track meet. Yes, because that team was scoring at an incredible amount, basically every game, and it changed college football. I mean, Mike Leach had a major hand in changing college football to where the identity of offenses, the air raid or if you the spread offense, the spread formation, Mike Leach was an innovator of offensive style that we still see today in not only college football but also the NFL. It's interesting when you go back and you look at the names of guys that have changed college football with high-tempo offenses. I really at the end of it, feel that Mike Leach is the one who had the biggest impact because of the wins and losses that followed. Mouse Davis was one of the innovators back in the late 70s. June Jones was one of his disciples. Jerry Glanville was actually one of his disciples. But then you add in Hal Mummy, who was Mike Leach's boss at Kentucky before he took the job at Oklahoma. But when you look at the wins and losses, June Jones might be the only one that would be right there with him. But do you think of June Jones at the same level? Even with what he was doing at Hawaii, you don't think of him at that same level as what Mike Leach accomplished at Texas Tech. 
Well, and and speaking of like like coaches, like his coaching tree is also very impressive. Yes. For I want to say I, I'm I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here, but I think Mike Leach through his first half of being the head coach at at Texas Tech, he was also offensive coordinator. Yes. He was calling the plays, and then you, some offensive coordinators were starting to be brought in. I mean, just to name a couple, Sonny Dykes, Dana well, Holgerson. The like, the interesting part about the Sonny Dykes aspect is that Spike had been Mike's predecessor at Texas Tech. I mean, there's there was just you know a whole bunch of guys, but I think one of the most fascinating stories that just adds to the the legend that is Mike Leach was Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln Riley was supposed to play at Texas Tech, and I actually just heard this story yesterday. I think somebody put it on Twitter or something, but basically the story is, if you've never heard it, you know, Mike Leach was a player, and Mike Leach just basically told him, like, hey, straight up, you're not going to play. <laughs> but I want to make you a student assistant. Mike Leach hated that, or not, I'm sorry, uh, Lincoln Riley hated it, but he came back like the next day or a couple of days later and said, all right, let's make this happen. Realized that it would be a good thing. Yeah, and at the time, you know, Lincoln Riley was, what, it's like 20, 21 years old or something like that, maybe a little older. But fast forward to now when he's 33, 34 years old and he mm-hmm. becomes the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, now at USC, and in six seasons of head coaching, he's had three Heisman Trophy winners. Man. And it all started with a coach being brutally honest with him. Yeah. And this day and age, that, that's what player is going to handle be able to handle that? Hey, I'm sorry. You're just uh, you're not going to play. You're, I mean, these days, obviously, you're in the transfer portal, and you know there was no transfer portal right. then. But he could have transferred if he wanted to. It, that that's a wild story to me. But he's not also well. He is. He is also known for what he has said to reporters on the field, off the field, press conferences. He is known for also the sound bites. He's way more known today for the sound bites than what he, I think, just for the you know general fans out there that maybe don't know the history as much as just what they've seen go viral on social media. He is known for his quote <laughs> and many quotes. And I got a top 10 list coming up next. Earlier today, I had a, a, an absolute blast putting together this top 10 list. Do a lot of research into those Mike Leach quotes. He had one. I didn't put it in my list, but he had one talking about music. Didn't talk a whole lot about music. But um, I, he at one point just buried disco, and I loved it. And then he and then he goes on with, and then Rock responds, and they overreact. Just him calling the rock movement in the 80s and 90s an overreactment, especially in the 90s with grunge, pretty funny. That was a that was a really good quote. However, it didn't make my top 10, believe it or not. My top 10 this week are the Mike Leach quotes. And on the podcast, I'm going to title it Mike Leach on the Mike Moments. But, um, man, just a naturally funny guy, real subtle with his humor. And the way he talks. Number 10. Number 10. We start out, though, with this feature that was on 60 Minutes, talking about at a time when he needed a, a guy to kick extra points, and 
how he discovered his kicker. Matt Williams was just a fan at a tech game until this moment. He volunteered in a promotional contest. If he could kick a field goal, he'd win free rent. Okay, Matt, whenever you're ready, give it a shot. He takes one step and puts it right down the center of uh, the goalpost. I mean, that's pressure. I figure I figured it'd be easier to kick extra points after that. Leach sent an equipment manager to catch the contest winner. Williams joined the team and hasn't missed an extra point since. How about that? And that was at Texas Tech. It reminded me of that movie I brought up to Will Howard, the Philadelphia field goal kicking phenomenon or something, garbage kicking field goal. Right. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. It's on Disney. Just find the talent from anywhere. All right, number nine. Number nine. Did you know, okay, so Mike Leach did not play football in college. He had an ankle injury in high school, ends up going to BYU, which is gross, but he played rugby for four years and then later on went to get his law degree. He almost became a lawyer, but what kind of lawyer? What kind of lawyer did you think you were going to be? Uh, I wanted to do, at the end, I wanted to do like products liability, as in, uh, you know, if that camera explodes all over that guy, we'd sue the camera company and their insurance company, you see. Mike Leach, perfect, right? Perfect. He would have been like that Saul Goodman. Yes. Where he's got the cheesy commercials, the billboards all over town, the bus benches with his face all over all over town, and something like, if you get mesothelioma, or whatever you call it, call me, you're... <laughs> Due for a due for a sum of money. Yes, you don't pay me until you get paid. Oh boy. Number eight. He had a pet raccoon. Yeah, I did have a pet raccoon. I would like to have a pet raccoon again. It's tough if you travel. Um, they're they're quite a bit more maintenance free than you would think. Um, they do like shiny objects, uh, but you know, bouncing uh, around the country it makes it tough. Um, and then, you know, and then you just, there's the time when they, you know, they hit uh, kind of raccoon teenage years and it's time for them to head off and uh, into the sunset. So a couple of thoughts here. How does a kid from who was from California end up with a pet raccoon? It, it kind of sounds like a kid that um, you wanted to bring every animal he found outside into the household and raise it as a pet. Loved animals. But then realize, okay, you can't. You can't train the wild out of a wild animal. They're not worth hanging on to anymore. Number seven. He also did another interview. I think this was either ESPN or 60 Minutes. is one of those major interviews where he talked about all the things he likes to research in his spare time. Let's see. Whales, bears, chim- uh, no, whales, grizzly bears, chimpanzees, sharks, Australia, Daniel Boone. There isn't really a specific way to do the tango. Geronimo, the guy always leads. Apache Indians in general, just overall. Wyatt Earp, I don't like to dance. Doc Holliday, because I'm self-conscious. Kind of gravitating a little towards uh, Vikings and George Washington. Went through a little bit of a Napoleon phase. Number six. Number six on uh, my top ten Mike Leach cl- uh, quotes with the media. Uh, he uh, He's done this a couple of times, but Mike Leach, when he was in Lubbock, Texas, showed up to do the weather, and uh, this is Mike Leach doing the weather. My favorite weather pattern happens to be uh, when it rains mud. Dust comes through, 
rain on top of it, it rains mud. This weather report here, what do I know? I'm a football coach. <laughs> I suggest you go out and do what I do. Get out of bed, go outside. Then you know. <laughs> the cloud, it's in a circle, it's coming down. Fascinating to watch. Once you see a piece of hay go through a cinder block, time to head inside. Right? Simple as that. Number five. Number five. This is one of the more famous quotes that he has had over the years, and I think this is one of his more recent ones. This was after beating Vanderbilt on Halloween, and he got to talking about his favorite candy. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, the, the, the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is uh, is when they used to have the, the uh, sprees in a box. Outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation, although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. You know, they have those Nerds Clusters, which is new. With the gummy. Yeah, which is good. The Nerds Clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably Almond Joy. So he lost me at Almond Joy, but I will say my takeaway was he, he mentioned the Nerds Clusters. And I remember like there was like this Nerds rope, and it was a gummy rope with Nerds on it. And I agree. That, that was great innovation when it came to candy. Did you notice that where he's talking about that all? What's playing in the background? KU's alma mater. It was essentially after he kicked the crap out of KU. No, it was after the Vanderbilt game. Vanderbilt game. Same. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it? It sounds same. the same. Yeah, it I, sounds I, exactly I no the idea. same. I was like, wow. Okay. I've no no. That was after Vanderbilt. That was just a few years ago. Oh boy. Next is number four on my list of top ten. Mike Leach quotes on the mic with some sort of media. Now, this was from a while back. The quality of sound isn't that great, but he was asked a question about first date advice. Here's Mike Leach. You want someplace casual to begin with because uh, you don't want something real formal in the beginning. So someplace casual, I recommend uh, Kegel's Steakhouse, which is very casual. There's very little salad there at Kegel, so then the, the, the girl will be forced to eat in front of you, which is something that women hate. But if you can make them do it, the earlier the better the more that they'll, uh, you know, uh, conversate and let their, you know, let their, uh, uh, show their true self. And then um, I'm a big movie guy. If you want to do it uh, more like I did when I was your age, you could go to the Stars and Stripes Drive-In Theater because that's what they had in Cody, Wyoming. But uh, otherwise, uh, uh, you know, the, the movie theater's pretty good, but then you want to end it somewhere like... Uh, uh, some cool coffee shop type of place where there's bizarre looking characters going in and out so that if the conversation isn't going well you can uh, uh, you know you can reference some of the uh, different characters you see coming and going from the place and then uh, if, it, if it's a huge night and you're really having a, a good time then uh, can uh, trade uh, computer uh, schemes and, uh, and uh, emails and all that uh, mischief that people are up to on that uh, nowadays which I know nothing about so there was a lot there first of all go to a casual place to eat and he throws out a steakhouse I'm sure this was a high school or college student asking for, th for this advice do we think this kid has steakhouse money? I, I, I doubt it. Now, the, the, 
I thought the the salad thing was was funny. Mm-hmm. Also agreed about the coffee shop place. If you go to like to a coffee place and get something and just hang out, and if you don't have anything to talk about, just mock all the people that come in and judge them and all that. I mean, not a bad play in the old playbook. It really isn't um, because everybody does it. Share a good laugh, but of course that also depends on if you kind of have the if you have the same uh, personality or not. Um, and then the movie. Now, this is where I disagree the most with Coach Leach. A movie on a first date is amateur hour because you're supposed to talk. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get to know each other. If you're talking at a movie, you're going to really disappoint a lot of people around you. Sure. They're going to be unhappy with you. Plus, if the person you're with isn't shushing you, man. All right, we're at number three. Number three. Love this one as well. About neckties, his thoughts on neckties. I mean, it's completely pointless. I'll tell you what I'm going to start doing with these ties. I mean, it's not really big enough to be a bib. It's just skinny. <clears throat> what I am going to start doing, and, and I'll probably go to, like, uh, Salvation Army. Yeah. And we can get some ties, and then uh, I'm just going to flat out. Just yeah. wipe my mouth with yeah. it. In front of everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like eat a donut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pizza, a little oil hill. <clears throat> I'm going to do that and make sure people see that to a point where hopefully they get rid of these things. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that is madness. Jesse, if, if, Jesse if, if, Langford is your guy, by the way. He was a New Yorker in uh, the 1920s. Uh, in New York. Clothes maker. He used his extra, uh, his extra clothes, extra patterns, I guess, to, for some reason, make neckties. That's, that's what he thought would be a good idea. Well, he's an idiot, and the thing is, when, when they invent a time machine, that guy's in trouble. <laughs> so, I, I love that he has an idea to just destroy neckties. I yes. was all in on that as well. Using it as like a napkin to clean the corners of your mouth was, if you can see the video, it's it's a lot, I mean, it was a funny clip, right? Yes. But it's way better if you can actually see him doing it, which, by the way, this was this past summer. That was at his last SEC Media Days is when he was asked about that. And whoever was asking the questions or, you know, took a shot at New York City, for, take it easy, Bozo, all right? Like, you have it a lot better in the South. I highly doubt it. Uh, all right, number two. Number two. Is another famous one because it was his clip about wedding advice. Don't say anything else about it, but as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope. Because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, I mean, they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over. And then, you know, you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life. I'll pass along the message. Thanks, Coach. Congrats okay. on the win. Trevor, unless he's crazy, is totally on my side. And trust me on this. <clears throat> if Trevor doesn't uh, have the sense to do that, tell him to call me because, I mean, he needs to do trust. I told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it. <laughs> so what do you think, uh, Troy? Is this true when the uh, the marriage process or the planning has taken place that all the female relatives are raising hell about it? Uh, I don't the close know. ones? I don't know about raising hell, <laughs> but given the tightness of my wife's sister's, and her mother, and the fact that they're very craft-oriented. They all had their opinions? Oh, there were a lot of things that were discussed, absolutely. How involved were you with the planning of uh, the wedding? That would be limited. Very limited. But did Monica want you more involved? Uh, she probably did, but I, in the grand scheme of things, 
by this point, it was she was the last of the of the sisters as the youngest to be getting married. So it's old hat for them. But finally, my number one clip, number one of my top 10 list of Mike Leach on the mic moments was how he decided one season to pick his team captain. We really only need one guy, and now he's got to be smart enough to call either heads or tails. That's it. So then I thought about, well, should I get the biggest guy on the team or the littlest guy on the team? And then I thought, well, Jamal Morrow was on the price is right and was fairly lucky and went to the final round and almost won the sucker. And so I figured, well, Jamal Morrow's a lucky guy. Uh, Plus, he's got pretty good energy to him and stuff like that, so why not Jamal Morrow? And so then Jamal Morrow goes out and did have an amazing knack for winning the toss. If you're going to be innovative, you got to be a little different. Right. And not just when calling plays. Sometimes you got to be a little different than deciding who's the captain to be calling the coin toss. That was, I think, genius. Just in Mississippi State will play in their bowl game. Yep, As are. one state official said earlier today, Mike would be pissed if we didn't play. Yeah, I yeah I can, uh, given I can get that. Yeah, and, and especially given where it's at, it's yep. in Tampa. Tampa. So you've got the stadium with an actual pirate ship in it. Oh, yes, that's right, the pirate. Sometimes a pirate can beat a soldier. That was another clip that he had when uh, Texas Tech beat A&M in College Station. Who were they playing in that bowl game? Uh, I need to dig into that, sorry. I've been going through my uh, ESPN Bowl Mania picks, and I think I... Oh, I've got to get involved in that, yes. Which, by the way, you have until, uh, what is it, Thursday? Is Thursday the first bowl game? Friday Friday. I believe. Let me double check. So get your picks in. Just search for the game KMAN on your Bowl Mania, on ESPN's Bowl Mania. And if you win the confidence pick'ems, you're going to win four tickets to the K-State-Oklahoma State men's basketball game on January 10th. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Why am I not seeing it? Oh, there it is. They play Illinois. Oh, that's right. The yeah. ReliaQuest Bowl. I'm not going to lie. I made that pick before Mike Leach. That news came out that he was in the hospital. Sure. I did actually take Illinois uh-huh. to win that game. Well, they got the best defense in the country. Uh-huh. I, it's, you know, Though they're losing uh, their defensive coordinator. Their coordinator to Purdue, which hacked yeah. off Purdue people because they don't think yeah. he's well-known enough. Hey, shout out to uh, Purdue fans who had the, I, I would say, a big board of coaching candidates <laughs> that I've never seen more reali- unrealistic in my life. I think Urban Meyer showed up on that list sooner or later. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, your number one song of the day is after these words. Well, I love the I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. You know it makes me feel good. Well, I love a rainy night. It's such a beautiful sight. I love to feel the rain on my face. Taste the rain on my legs. In the moonlight shadows. Showers wash all my cares away I wake up to a sunny day Cause I love a rainy night Yeah, 
Troy, do you know the year? 1982. Close. 81. Yeah. You're over. Oh, I was such a child who loved to hear this song. I, yes, as a kid, I'm sure you, you loved it. Oh, I still love this song. Okay, Such a well, great tune. Yeah, it's probably pretty nostalgic for you. That and Eddie Rabbit, yeah, uh, it still ranks as one of the favorites, absolutely. Okay, okay. And, and Eddie Rabbit as a vocalist always was one of my favorites. Well, I love A Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit, two weeks at number one. Surprisingly only two weeks. Country music singer and songwriter from Brooklyn, New York. So a couple of things there. One, you don't think country music and you don't think Brooklyn, New York as a, a tie in there. But That's why the old WHN failed before they turned it into K, into a WFAN. And also, um, this is a country song? Yes. Well, technically. In that era, it was. It showed up on the pop charts, though. That's why he, he, is, uh, he was considered at this point as a crossover. Yep. Pulled a uh, old page out of Kenny Rogers' book. That would be it. But he became successful as a songwriter first. His first big song was in 1969. Elvis Presley and the song Kentucky Rain. I, this Eddie Rabbit guy, he was fascinated with rain. Which, by the way, Kentucky Rain is my, by far, favorite Elvis track. Really? Huh, now you got me thinking of what my favorite Elvis song is. I might have to go Jailhouse Rock. That might be a little cliche. But I just like, like there's a little music video that goes with it. Mm-hmm. That was shot in the 50s. John Kurtz had never heard of it, which I thought that was hilarious. Lord. And um, just the beginning. Oh, yeah. I think that's legendary. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so... He was eating Captain Crunch at the time (laughs) when he wrote Pure Love for Ronnie Millsap in 74. All right. It was that song that landed him a a contract, a record deal with Elektra. Nice. I guess Which is another another solid song. Yeah, I guess some executives heard his recording like his demo his of it. His demo of it, yeah. And they're like, well, okay, let's let's see if this guy can uh, can do it on his own. And he did. Unfortunately, Eddie Rabbit died May 7th of 1998. He died of lung cancer in Nashville at the age of 56. He was diagnosed uh, less than a, uh, it was a little over a year before that. Was receiving a bunch of treatment for it. Even had surgery on his lung. It didn't help him. 15 studio albums, 8 top 40 hits, his only number one. And also, I was like, Eddie Rabbit, like, you know, I thought if he were to make this one up, that's kind of a lame name, I think. Eddie Rabbit. I'm like, just didn't land well with me. Well, it turns out that's his, his real name. Mm-hmm. His real name is Eddie Rabbit. I was like, all right, I'll pull back a little bit. Irish. Let's see. Oh, yeah, his parents were Irish immigrants. I remember seeing that. Uh, all right, so uh, maybe he's uh, some of those Irish people that brought our uh, Christmas traditions over to the United States. <laughs> if you know your Christmas history. Uh, all right, so he first got this idea to write a song, I Love a Rainy Night, in the late 60s. He put it on a recording. He just kept reporting, I love a rainy night, I love a rainy night. Never finished it. Put it away. He later, like a decade later, finds it in a box. Plays it back. He's like, oh, yeah, I meant to get back to this. 
So a couple of songwriters helped him out with the rest of the song, and it becomes a number one hit. The other interesting fact about this is that before this song went number one, the song he knocked off from number one to get there was Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. So what you have here is even though technically, and you're right, on the charts it showed up on the pop charts, but it was still considered a country song. It was from a country artist. Yep. Still to this day, there have not been back-to-back country songs go number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Has not happened since 1981. Probably will never happen again. Highly doubt it. Given the... Although I will say, you know you know me in country, I call it bro country, but it also, it's too much in the pop genre. It is It has drifted over that direction way too much. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, maybe there's a chance, but I'm with you. I think it's extremely, extremely slim. But I'm also with you as like, I remember as a kid, I don't remember hearing it on the radio, but maybe I heard it in a movie or I don't know, somewhere. I was like, oh yeah, as a kid, this is catchy. But now as an adult, I could see the Wiggles covering this at their concerts, you know? Yeah. It's an extremely innocent, lighthearted, you know, it's a very innocent song. Just a basic. Yeah, basic, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will give you that. Did you know, however, okay. that he also was the man who penned and performed the theme to Every Which Way But Loose, Clint Eastwood flick? I did not. Can't say I've seen it either. Oh, boy. The education of one Mitch Fortner continues. Listen, my you, education is way further than a lot. You, you need to see Every Which Way But Loose. You just kind of caught me in a corner there. <laughs> I've seen a lot of the big Clint Eastwood movies. Grand Torino is a classic. All right, hour number two. We're short. We're at at 530. Mason Voth is coming up after the break. Your local news in three minutes.